0: This is the first time for me. I'm really happy to be here, though. I mean, I felt a little, we're on tour right now. I felt a little homesick, so to be in Tennessee feels good. I'm really excited for the people that are here and performing tonight. I'm such a fan of Hosier, and so I really want to be able to talk to him and kind of meet him just because we've never been able to speak and i think there's such a great lineup um but it's so good to just be amongst such talented artists that's what i love about festivals is just going and seeing who's performing and um, because we're on tour, we get to kind of hang out. We have a late bus call tonight that we I begged for, so we're gonna be able to go and see some people, and it'll be nice. Hopefully some family of mine is coming today, and I haven't been able to see my family here in Tennessee for like a year or so, so it'd be nice. What the hell is that? Stone on air, coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this.
1: Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on
2: air, coming up. Stone on
1: air. All right, well, welcome in, everybody. How in the world are you on this? September 14th, 2023. That was Billy Ray's youngest daughter, Miley's young sister, Noah Cyrus, live at Moon River Festival just a matter of a couple of days ago. But getting a very late start on this Wednesday night for a Thursday download as the Braves are the champions of the National League East once again. And that makes me very, very happy. <laughs> A generation I, I, no I my generation yeah. Normally if I were to get a start this late I would be in such an awful mood Like it would just be immediate um, It is damn near 11 o'clock on Wednesday the 13th But the two hour plus uh, post-game celebration Of the Braves championship of the regular season uh, was just, I could not pull myself away from it. My name is Brian. You likely already know that. Thank you for finding the show that is downloaded each and every Thursday by thousands in the city of Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. And I won't spend a whole lot of time on it, and I didn't pull any additional audio or change the direction of the show in any way. But this kind of stuff never gets Old, and that's why I had to stick with all the coverage from uh, it was up in Philadelphia where the, um, the Braves won tonight. I actually kind of hoped that it wouldn't come down to this so I could just turn it off and not worry about it and then just get this done and move along. But it is so exciting. And I understand to the people who don't get it. I think most people listen to the show do. Because my guess is the majority of people who listen to this are sports fans of some kind. I get that it seems silly to many. Um, I, and I, I'm not even gonna try to like convince anybody otherwise. Yes, sports is kind of silly, but really is it? Is it really silly? What is and isn't silly? the, 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 the trend of many, many years now is to, you know anytime you don't, you don't like something, it is easy to say, "Oh well, uh, that's just a human construct. That's not even a, that's not even real." Well, what what is real? What exactly is reality? Well, it's whatever it is in your orbit that makes you happy. And I'll, I'm terribly guilty of this. Uh, if if children and young people and parents are excited over a stupid Barbie movie, well, then be excited, have fun, enjoy your life. Who cares what I think about that? And that's how I feel about this, too. So I, I see people all the time. Oh, yo, know, football is so dumb. And sports so stupid. You know, yeah, sure. Yeah. Another thing I always re- respond in that, to that is there's enough dumb shit out there for all of us. There's enough dumb stuff out there for every single one of us. And I'll always say it. Never miss an opportunity to get excited in life. Life sucks so often. That when you get the opportunity to get excited, don't let somebody else take that away from you. And I think I think a lot of people let other people suck the life out of them. And I won't allow anybody to do that to me. I mean, I figured that out a long time ago. And I just, you know, of all my negativity and pessimism in life that I've been, become known for, which I actually have a lot of optimism in my life as well, too. It's just not nearly as profound and loud Uh, watching Braves baseball is just one of my favorite things to do. And it starts all the way back in March and my favorite time of the year in spring. And then the payoff is now six months later and a long way to go uh, to plenty of playoffs and, and lots more baseball left to be played. But this is a, this is a fun night. Very, very fun night. So let's get on with the show Shall we? Coming up today, typical layout. i get you three uh, segments. Really, the final two will kind of be the same, Uh, just broken up into two. I'm going to give you a a complete recap, a review of Moon River, and then just kind of expand on that into the final segment of the show, talking pricing, how much this kind of stuff is costing, how long can can this maintain long-term and it's it's not just festivals it's things like this it's 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 ball games it's stadium events it's uh, major entertainment uh, spectacles and the cost the, the literal dollars that it costs to put them on and for us the patrons to spend the money to do it so uh, kind of a rehash there i've done that before but i'm going to do it again so the magic number for the Atlanta Braves is now Zero. Uh, this will be a Weston and Cody Womp-free show, so sorry Weston and Cody, no Womp talk today. I know Weston is going to be a little bummed about that. Uh, the The show with the, the my old band that I'm playing with again is soon. It is in just over a week from right now. If you're listening to this the day that this is released on Thursday the 14th, it is the 22nd at the Dark Roast. That is a Friday And um, I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that I'm pretty damn nervous about it, to be honest with you. Have not stood in front of people and performed music in well over 13 years. And so that is one week from uh, tomorrow or Friday, and that'll be the 22nd. So if you got nothing going on, the Dark Roast on the 22nd and then the week after that will be at JJ's. I'll talk more about that. Later on, I'll get you three pieces of audio here in just a few minutes The bad idea, the worst idea, and the coolest thing That's kind of not cool at all really, but the reason for pulling it was what made it the coolest thing All that's coming up here actually in just a few minutes from right now So just a couple of things to get to here on the front end This is 9-11 week, I usually spend more time on it than I will uh, this go round, it it tends to sneak up on me more now than it used to. I am fascinated by September 11th, 2001, and uh, the his- now the historical nature of it. Every year, I usually get sucked into a lot of the docs on TV and the and the you know Nat Geo's and the uh, whatever channels, the histories and all the other ones that do it. This year, I didn't really. I don't know why. I just didn't um yeah no no real reason but certainly worth mentioning and uh actually I'm I'm kind of burying the lead here I have talked to somebody in codes uh codes enforcement enforcement with the city just today as a matter of fact so I have the latest on what's going on with the naughty cat situation and the illegal sign that I will get to here in just a couple of minutes. First, let me get to a few of these that I just have printed off that I want to get to. Kelly announces bid for second term as city mayor. Uh, I believe I had that one. Of course, anybody who knows anything had that one. The announcement is 18 months before the next city election, which is March 4th, 2025. I do not see any scenario in which Tim does not win re-election. Um, gas prices it looks like I will be heading to Georgia once again for the foreseeable future to get my gas it is back on the rise and governor Kemp for everything that anybody who doesn't want to like him for one thing he has regularly done as um, has shifted the taxes around in the state obviously a very heavily taxed state with the uh, the state income tax but he has suspended Georgia's fuel tax once again. And when he did this, the first go-around, which was would have been about a year or so ago, it was a considerable difference than here in Tennessee. He can only do it from uh, for a one-month to a next-month executive order kind of thing. This one runs through October 12th, and it says that he intends to re-up for the next couple of months, probably, I would guess, potentially through the rest of the year and into the holiday season. So if you want cheaper gas... Go to Georgia. Uh, This Jimmy Fallon story from Rolling Stone. I was going to spend some time on it. I'm not going to right now. If it grows any more, maybe I will. I've just recently uh, re-upped my subscription print subscription to Rolling Stone, and it turns out when you do that, you don't get RollingStone.com along with it. You have to pay an additional amount. What the hell, dudes? So I was gonna. <clears throat> that most of it was available out there in aggregate sites to be able to read. It is a bunch of crying, whiny nonsense. I don't believe half any of it. Um, so I'll I'll let that one sit there for right now. Plus I just don't think anybody hardly cares about that. So for the next few minutes here, before I get to uh, the three pieces of audio, I will talk about this sign. Over in St. Elmo, the Naughty Cat Cafe, if you don't know by now, then you don't care. If you do, then you're pretty much caught up to speed. So that roll-away sign is considerably bigger than some of the signs you see that sit outside the sandwich shops all over the city. But for the most part, for all intents and purposes, it is basically the same thing. And these sign laws and these ordinances were first enacted and first put together in 1961. And I talked, again, to somebody inside city government today, wants to remain nameless, and I'm going to get some of this wrong because I was literally just jotting this down to myself as we talked. But the last time that there was any updates to these ordinances that were written in 1961 was 1985, so clearly we're talking about an antiquated way out of date situation. And I I said that I believe that the Naughty Cat Cafe must have done something to piss somebody off for them to go out of their way to do this. And it it turns out that it, I in a way they did. In a way they kind of did and I'll I'll explain as easily as I can. So what they call them, I guess this is probably just industry jargon talk, is snipe signs. So think like political signs, just a little trash. Basically, it's just litter is all that that is. And during political season, those ordinances are written differently. But lots of companies do this. Think, you know, super fast, fantastic cuts places, um, tax services during uh, during the spring, Uh, Plenty of other businesses do this where they'll they'll basically they're just littering for the most part and they're putting up these signs all over not just at their uh, place of business and that's what the Naughty Cat Cafe has done all throughout St. Elmo for years now and they have had a little bit of complaints uh, especially going down towards as you know Cummings Highway turns into Georgia just down a little bit further into St. Elmo And then it butts up against other ordinances from the state of Georgia. So that kind of started this a few years ago. And these kinds of positions, the head of ordinances, there's a lot of turnover there a lot of the times, or at least I know in East Ridge there has been. And I'm having kind of flashbacks to when I had a run-in with code enforcement here in East Ridge, which I spent some time on at that time. I won't reset it and, and go back and talk about it right now. But... There's some real power plays that go on inside these organizations. A lot of times, many of the times, and it appears this is one of those cases, these are wannabe police officers. These are wannabe power uh, authoritarian types that don't really have a better way to get it. And so when they get something in their head, they just really kind of hammer down on it. And that's what's happened here. Because of all these additional sniper signs, as they were as they're called, for some reason I didn't exactly understand or get to the, the maybe there's not an exact reason why it's come back up, but there's new people in charge and it's just one of those yeah um, that's not going to work and I don't care what you have to say about it. So it doesn't seem to be any more complicated than that, other than when maybe at some point there was some conflict and it was like, hey, stop putting these signs all over the place that are nowhere near your place of business, and the Naughty Cat Cafe kind of, you know, it wasn't against the law necessarily, and they kept doing it, and that's kind of where all this comes from. Uh, At this point, there's not a lot you can do because the antiquated bad law is just that outdated and worthless. And, and uh, from what I am to understand, it is in the process of being updated and changed within the next, I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't get the jargon well enough um, session maybe or whatever, whenever they do this kinds of these kinds of updates. I don't know if it has to go through council um, or on a voting kind of a, a scenario. I don't know. Sorry to be stumbling around on that. I'm, I'm using only my brain damaged mind to remember after two hours of watching baseball celebration. So I don't think Naughty Cat has done anything super egregious, but just enough to piss off the right person. And until the ordinance gets updated in the next year or so, they're just going to have to live with that. Their sign's not going to work. And you know, Hey, it's a bitch. What are you going to do? Right? Life sucks. Sometimes move along. Um, I had a little bit thing there on the blue light, but nothing that matters. What's this? Uh, yeah, nothing that matters there either. So let's play a couple pieces of audio and wrap up the open segment here and then get into recapping the Moon River Festival, which, spoiler alert, by all accounts, was quite the success. So what do I have here for you first? Oh, this is today's bad idea. It comes from TikTok, as does virtually everything I use on this show. It's one of the reasons why I've never sat down to talk to a therapist. First of all, I'm a little bit too arrogant for it, and or at least I used to. I'm kind of a mental case at this point in my life. But, um, yeah, we'll just call today's bad idea anyway. So are you sleeping okay? No, I'm not actually. Okay, really. make sure you sleep. Okay, make sure you sleep. Do you feel sad? Actually, yeah, I'm really hey, sad. Don't be sad. <laughs> don't be sad, all right? How about mad? Uh, sometimes, I guess. I mean Okay, that. don't be mad. Don't be mad. Okay. okay. Any
2: weapons at home? I have a couple. Okay, don't uh, use those. Throw them out. Oh, all right, okay. okay, that's fine. I mean. Any uh, drugs? Using any drugs? Okay, don't, uh, do drug- don't use the drugs. Don't do that. Do no- don't do that. But, uh, okay, don't do that. All right, um, that'll be $700. I'll see you in about a month. months, okay? It's kind of
1: like, uh, wait a second. Are you mad? Don't be mad. Are you sad? Don't be sad. Uh, are you doing drugs? Don't do drugs. I know that's an oversimplification of the situation, but that's just how I've always kind of felt about it. This is representative from, where is she from? Uh, South Carolina, Nancy Mace, talking with CNN's Dana Bash about uh, this crusade now within the Republican Party against uh, abortion, and I'm calling this today's worst idea.
0: I'm pro-life, but I also understand that we cannot be assholes to women, no woman wants to go to the doctor and make the decision that she's going to have an abortion. Nobody wants that. And what are we doing to to ensure that she doesn't have to make that decision? Are we giving her greater access to birth control? Well, no, we're not. What are we doing for the babies who are going to be born who were unwanted? Uh, what are we doing about the foster care system? What are we doing about child care? We're doing none of those things. When you say these things in private to people in your party who are genuinely, philosophically opposed to abortion. How does it land? On deaf ears. I mean, there was an amendment this week that somebody tried to put in an appropriations bill that stripped out all exceptions, rape, incest, and life of the mother. What the hell are you thinking? Like why, that is not where the majority of people are. Without changing, are Republicans doomed in moderate districts like yours? I think they're walking the plank.
1: I don't know if they're all walking the plank, but it is nice and refreshing to hear an actual Republican say real things that actual real people can understand. And most people are not okay with any of this. Here I go. Almost getting in a bad mood. Now, nobody thinks abortion is good. Nobody likes it. And this completely out of control, untrustworthy bullshit Supreme court giving these absolute assholes that run this country, this just this new ammunition that they think for some reason, I don't understand why these politicians, these Ted Cruz's of the world think that this crusade is going to be good for them. And then you see headlines like this. Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh hopes to address ethics concerns. Public trust in the court is at a 50 year low. Quote, there's a storm around us in the political world and the world at large in America, Kavanaugh said. We, as judges in the legal system, need to try to be a little more, I think, uh, calm in the storm. My perspective is we're nine public servants. F you, you stupid son of a bitch. Public servant, nothing. Hard work. We're hard working. We care a lot about the court and care a lot about the judiciary as a whole. Pound sand, you son of a bitch. Sorry. 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 And this is today's coolest thing. It's not really that cool at all. It's uh, Taylor Swift. At least the message she's, she's saying is not necessarily cool, but the reason for pulling it is, and I'll explain next.
0: I don't feel great when I am fed messages. And when I was fed messages as a young girl, that it's more important to be edgy and sexy and cool than anything else. I don't, think that those are the right messages to feed girls, and I think they're being given those messages by the popular cliques in their school, which is all kind of cascading down from the media and what we seem to prioritize in women. And I think that um, those were the times that I haven't felt good enough because my life doesn't gravitate towards being edgy, sexy, or cool. I just naturally am not any of those things. What are you,
2: in your head, what are you?
0: I'm imaginative, I'm smart and I'm hardworking. And those things are not necessarily prioritized in pop culture.
1: I agree with every uh, single word of that, but the reason I call that the coolest thing, because that is the the, uh, the verbiage, the words, where the lyrics from Swift Biscuit came from, from our own Nick Lutzko as he gets ready for the Signal show later this year. I think it's in October with, what is that guy's name? Puddles, Pity Party, or whatever the hell it is. Um, so hopefully we'll be hearing stuff like this at uh, at the Signal Show from Nick Lutsko, Swift Biscuit, and many of the other, as I refer to them, silly-ass songs that Nick has, and has rarely to almost never performed here in the city of Chattanooga, but has performed to countless rooms, sold-out rooms, all across the country. Coming up next, we'll take a look back at a pretty fun weekend here in the city of Chattanooga, and the bad luck just continues, but Moon River always seems to kind of push through. And I'll give you a full recap of the festival next.
0: It's more important to be edgy
1: Stone On Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another
2: copy of that memo. At well, we do have a record label, and a part of that record label is something called Sync, and there's someone that manages that, and what he does is he sends out our music, and basically companies can look at it and be like, oh, this would be really cool for a commercial. And I'm sure what happened is Rock Band saw it and was like oh this would work really well written out on our very linear like Mm -hmm. button pressing platform and they're like because I I saw the demo I was like oh this makes Makes sense sense. it makes total sense like it's a very like like very gridded song so I think Rock Band was like hey we're interested in in putting this specific song on our um, game and then they brought it back to us and we're like this is the first time we heard of it we're like, yeah, of course, <laughs> right. we'll totally do that. And then like, I think like half a year went by, we didn't hear about it. And then all of a sudden they're like, uh, yeah, sign this and it'll be on the game. And then, and then that's how it happened.
1: That was one of the members of Flip Turn, one of the bands performing on Saturday at Moon River. This is them covering tears. It's tears for fears, right? Everybody wants to rule the world. Which they did play, I was standing in line trying to get my uh, credential before I could get in the door as I was running late on that Saturday, as per usual, but it was um, a big time over the weekend, and I was able to, and so were they, they being the the what podcast guys, Barry and Lord Taco, uh, I have to apologize to them, I already have, and I, it's not nece- even necessary, but... Um, because it's understandable, but the, the levels were just so bad on that conversation. We had so many people involved. We had four microphones and we had a five member band and then three of us. And so upwards of eight people four mics, and then trying to juggle that, I, I didn't do a very good job. I uh, It was really, really overmodulated in a lot of ways. And so we're able to fix that a little bit sometimes in post-production, but oftentimes it can be so bad it can't really be fixed. So I hope that that final product for the What Podcast turns out to be uh, better than it sounded on the raw audio that I had to use to play with for the show today um the other two that we did with uh judah from judah and the lion i didn't know there was actually a judah but there is the guy who created the band basically the founder the front man him and then the one we did with uh noah cyrus those turned out to be very very good uh recordings they were a lot easier there was just one of them and it was uh less chaotic so uh, a lot of fun, and I thank them, everybody from the Moon River Brass and the What Podcast for having me and letting me be involved with stuff like that. It is so much fun for me. Music festivals are are fun on every single level. I love them, um, from seeing music, from seeing people, from seeing layouts, from meeting bands, interviewing bands, whether it's for my, you know, specific project or product or somebody else's it makes it that much more fun and uh this weekend was i i'd say it was damn near the best moon river that i've had um i've been to all five of them i think i don't think i missed one and that was flip turn talking about how one of their songs had been picked up by i think it was rock band Is that what they said? (laughs) I wasn't paying attention. Uh, Then or now. Uh, But their their big break, really, was that their song was on a video game. And that's not surprising at all uh, anymore to many of us. Once upon a time, it would have been. But if a song takes off on TikTok, that is really, really a place where people's music can go to explode. Twitter once upon a time, before it turned into a sewer... And, uh, you know, movies still, movies and TV shows are another way for uh, bands to explode because the traditional ways just aren't the same. So now he was just talking about the companies that take bands music and then shop it around to places like video games and uh, potentially like influencers and people who might be closer to possible to create viral content, those kinds of uh, that kind of industry. And that's really where Flip Turn has kind of taken a little bit of a step in that direction towards, uh, quote-unquote, making it, I guess. Because of the three that we talked to, they would be uh, the third of of popularity overall. I don't have any audio to play from Judah. It was a really nice conversation. The guy is so freaking cool. You never know what you're going to get with these bands. We have talked to some really cool people. We, I, us, them, whoever. Uh, over the years and talked to some that would rather have been doing anything else in the world than sitting around talking to you. And those really suck when that happens. But you just got to deal with it. It's just part of it. And Judah would have sat there and talked to us for another 10, 15, 20 minutes. Like he was totally into it. He was uh, very personable and it was fun. And really Noah Cyrus, she seemed to be very much into it as well. So thank you to both of them for being cool, and so were the Flip Turn guys and gals. They they were they would have had hung around too. So we got lucky in that department. Um, I am still uh, struggling here. I'm finally coming around, but almost every time I go to a festival, I get hit with a sinus uh, infection or attack of sorts, and this was no exception. And uh, right as the headline comes out, the FDA has concluded. That, uh, however you say this word that starts with the philopheflophrin, whatever the hell, the main ingredient in Benadryl doesn't actually work. Uh, sorry to tell you guys, it does. And I've been living off of it the last couple of days. Uh, so I don't know really where that comes from, but, um, I promise you it works. Because without it the last two days, I wouldn't have been able to sleep or breathe. But, uh, clearing up for the most part. So, let it, let's just start from the beginning. Talk about the festival If it's not your thing I get it We'll talk to you next week uh, And that's pretty much It's going to be Pretty much the rest Of the show So Saturday I'm running late Get in there Weather looks Fantastic It's warm Of course it's warm It's early September Feels Feels great I love it Get in Enough time to catch The last 15-20 you know, minutes or so Of the flip turn show And then just Shortly after that I don't know who's next I can't remember and then you see the clouds start rolling in. And then, before you know it, it's boom evacuation. And it wouldn't be Moon River if there wasn't a weather evacuation because that seems to be kind of a yearly thing. Now, it hasn't actually happened every year. But, of course, last year was the big cancellation of the, of the second day and all the weather leading up to the weekend. I don't believe it was the year before that, but the year before that, there was a weather incident. And I believe there was a a short evacuation that year, at least. Maybe there wasn't a complete evacuation, but there was a shutdown. I I was there. I just, I don't think we had to leave the grounds. In this situation, we did. Of course, I hit up social media and uh, tried to get creative with it. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Weather at Moon River. Well, when we pulled up the radar, you could easily and quickly tell that this is, and I'm not trying to make some kind of uh, ideological statement here, but when cooler air comes in and mixes with hot air, that creates storms. And in this case, very small storms throughout the southeast because there's not a lot of pressure in the atmosphere around. So it's nothing that's going to be very violent. But it's enough to just come out of nowhere to where there's lightning in the area and they have to evacuate out. So that, w- and that was in the forecast. My, my boy uh, David Glenn, best meteorologist in the southeast, said all evening, Friday, on the local news, uh, get ready. This could happen at any time. And it, and it did. And it appears, I believe, that was the only time it happened throughout the course of the weekend. So that was about an hour Downpour for just a minute No hail no, uh, Not even even loud thunder or anything Just a little bit of lightning And that's it And right back at it So for the rest of the day Just kind of hung around Only had the one interview for the day And then went and saw Houndmouth I did not spend a lot of time On the band Houndmouth going into it I should have They were good Even though a couple people I I was around Was a little disappointed in the song selection but I didn't know any better. I thought it sounded good, and uh, that was that was fun. And then my final show of the day on Saturday was Marcus King, formerly of the Marcus King Band. Don't know what the difference is between the band and uh, just him without the band name on it. But I I think I set the I, I set the bar in my head too high. I was expecting somebody to come out and shred, and that's not what happened. It was a boring, boring set. Very, very boring set. I saw some people that seemed to like it just fine. I was expecting a lot more. Maybe that was foolish on my part. Before I get to my experience on Sunday, I do want to grab this one real quick. I tried to find some um, write-ups of the festival from outsiders from outside the city, and I only found one, and it was just a Saturday write-up. And it was one of those, tell me you're a student at a college without telling me you're a student. um, And tell me you don't know a lot about Chattanooga without telling me you don't know a lot about Chattanooga. This is from Adam Delahuzave. I don't know, something like that. Rebel Rousing Roll Call, Moon River Festival Day One Recap. As I made my way across the John Ross Bridge to get to Coolidge Park. Now, that's all the the highlighting I did right there. Nobody in Chattanooga calls the Market Street Bridge the John Ross Bridge. Well, according to how the rest of this goes, I'm not sure if he even knew which bridge he was on to begin with. More on that in a minute. He was writing about S.G. Goodman, one of the first performers on Saturday. A blend of the roots that raised her, while still a pioneer of her own personality, there was no one more appropriate than Goodman to effectively kick off Chattanooga's most premier music festival. I think Riverbend would be considered the most premier, but that's fine. The city's become something of a hub for the up-and-coming in recent years. Still entrenched in the history of its home state, the city offers a pace of life seldom found in its sister cities like Nashville and Knoxville. While hustle and bustle seem to be creeping into the city limits of its peers, Chattanooga chugs along at a smooth and steady pace. No one in Tennessee seems to know better than here that if you want to be cool, you can't make it look like you're trying too hard. I actually thought that was pretty well written. Uh, goes on to talk about Drew Holcomb's set. Holcomb and the gang also brought out Nashville superstar Amy Grant to pro- perform her smash hit Baby Baby to a crowd in perfect time to what has been laid down in front of them. Old and new blended into a stew of cool that this crowd scarfed down. When the audience and the performer are this in tune, a lot is possible. Now that guy's just trying to... F- to try to sound cool there. Because there wasn't anything that cool about Amy Grant playing baby baby with Drew Holcomb. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to be that guy. And here's a final piece from this dude. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Grab the attention of everyone from the front rails up to the onlookers atop of the John Ross Bridge. The crowd was in King's hand and he took the task on dutifully. Okay, so he was talking about The Marcus King Show. And he went on and on about how great it was. Okay, fine. Differing opinions. Fine. The onlookers were not on top of the John Ross Bridge, bro. And even if they were, once again, we don't refer to the Market Street Bridge as the John Ross Bridge. So this guy not only was calling it the wrong bridge, if that's the one that he was referring to, what he was referring to was... The Walnut Street Bridge The Walking Bridge So nice try dude I appreciate it But you're not as cool as you think you are And he's just some kid from UTK That's where that comes from uh, Pulled Hosier's set list He played 19 songs That's pretty impressive His 17th of the night was Take Me to Church I don't know the names of any of the rest of them I was only there until probably about 30 Maybe 30 minutes in to his opening set and let's just take a look at the rest of the way that Sunday went uh, we did the Noah Cyrus interview right at three o'clock had to haul to get down there Larkin Poe I caught from uh, kind of peripheral and I had the Titans and the Saints game recorded it's kind of like the old Seinfeld episode don't tell me it won the game I got the game recorded and you know that was from like 1989 So pulling that off might have been a lot easier back then when he's trying to watch the Mets game on tape delay and then Kramer ruins it. Well, it was not going to be possible. Plus, I didn't actually think that was going to happen anyway. I was going to come home and watch football at the end of the night on Sunday. So I went and watched the fourth quarter of the Titans-Saints game. Of course, that was awful. Titans lost. And then headed over to Wilder Woods. He is a member of... The Need to Breathe band, that was the substitute for camp on Friday night. I skipped over that part. I didn't stick around for even one note of Need to Breathe. They are basically a contemporary Christian rock band. I mean, that's fine. I'm not going to not watch something because that's what it might be. That's not why I didn't go. I didn't go because I was tired and I was ready to leave. And Need to Breathe is not a big act. They're not. And I, I was underwhelmed with that being... The, uh, the substitute for camp And I think most everybody else was as well But overall Spirits stayed mostly high But I did like one song uh, Supply and Demand is the name of it From Wilder Woods So went to his set till I heard the song And then took off Then um, went to see uh, Noah Cyrus She was on the main stage And I, st- I don't think her music Is really my speed Actually I mean I know it's not but it didn't jump off the page. It's something that uh, it bothered me all that much that I had to leave for because we then we had the Judah interview at 6 o'clock. And um, that took about half hour, maybe upwards of 40 minutes or so. And so did that interview, was very happy with that. And then left and uh, came out the side entrance right by the, the second stage because that's over in the corner where the interviews take place. And they'll, they'll let you just kind of sneak back in over there. And First Aid Kit was playing. And I stuck around for about 15 minutes of it or so, thought it was a fine enough time. And then the show of the weekend, which I knew was going to be Judah and the Lion because I've seen him before. But after meeting the guy and then realizing how cool he is and then realizing that I had not given him and his band the credit that it deserved for how just badass that they really are, that set was really solid. Um, he had told us that during the interview, that you and you can see all this stuff on the, the What Podcast YouTube page and where you get... Uh, any Anything, you download anything, this same place, go there, the What Podcast. You can hear all this stuff in its entirety. But he had mentioned that, you know, Drew Holcomb, who I kind of give a hard time sometimes, had taken him under his wing over the last five years or so, and he was going to come out and play with them on that that evening on Sunday and play a cover song. I guess if I would have asked him what cover song, he probably would have told me, but he didn't say. And so out Comes Drew. and I did have my little insider information. It's like, Drew Holcomb's going to come out. They're going to play a cover song. And they immediately bust into what I thought was Blink-182 at first listen. Turns out it was, might as well have been. Same time frame. The band lit My Own Worst Enemy. You know that song? I mean, it sounds like every stupid uh, Blink-182 song ever written. Uh, the mouth was enemy me. I didn't mean to call you that. Dude, please tell me why the car's in the front yard and I'm sleeping with my clothes on. That song. I don't know why the hell they felt the need to play that, but they did, and good for them. It was fine. And then, um and then Hozier finished out the night, and uh, at that point, I was exhausted, ready to call it a night, and took it to the house. So overall, I would say a very, very big success. I hope Moon River continues. I feel like it probably will. I don't know who the beer sponsors will be going forward. More on that in the final segment of the show. We just a little insider information on that. I'm not sure if Riverbend will be a thing going forward and who will be the beer sponsors there. Also, more on that in the final segment of the show with a little insider information. And why is that? Well, the pricing of this stuff. How long can this maintain? And I will, probably longer than I'm thinking, probably longer than I'm guessing, but it's worth thinking about, worth talking about, and I'll do it coming up next. We'll be right back.
0: He's cool. I just, I would always, my dad would always be sat at the kitchen table with his guitar, just rehearsing for everything. I don't know. He would just always be ready to play a show, I guess. And he'd be at the. I loved singing his old songs, and I have favorites of my dad's, and I'm definitely my dad's number one fan, and I'm a super fan. I think living with me was like living with a super fan. I always had a t-shirt of him on or something and I still do so yeah I just grew up sitting around the kitchen table with my dad and his guitar listening to music and Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks was the first. I learned to talk to that song. That was the very first song my dad I ever remember hearing. That's how I learned to sing, how I learned to talk so music is just a kind of the first memory of anything for me.
1: Well, I was today years old, or the other day years old, when I found out that this song was written or performed by a guy named Terry Jacks. I didn't know that until Noah Cyrus told me
2: at Moon
1: River. I mean, I've heard this song a thousand times, but I didn't know. He gave me a, a hundred thousand I guesses.
0: Right I would
1: have never got to Terry Jacks. Am I even saying that right now? Too
0: much wine and too much salt uh, and sorry, it's late. I am struggling a little bit. Papa, it's hard to die.
1: A couple of days of being strung out on a uh, Benadryl that the they say doesn't work. <laughs> Sinus uh, mess. But... Um, yeah, so a, a, a big time was had by all, by all accounts, this past weekend. But it's another situation of how long can they get away with this? And by they, I mean the industry. And I don't just mean the music festival industry. I mean the big time entertainment industry. Industry and I guess what the industry has going for it right now is still and always has been and maybe it always will be and and maybe this is a not even worth bringing up but young people love a big live entertainment spectacle older people do middle-aged people do all people do but As long as young people continue to want to be a part of that, then they're always going to have the industry be vibrant. And that's what's made Bonnaroo so relevant for so long. And they have reinvented themselves a couple of times. And one in particular was after 2016. It was the lowest attendance that they had ever had at 45,000, which is really about half. So when people say, oh, it was half full, uh, it was only uh, half empty, however the, the, the wording would be. Well, this was an actual literal. There was only half the amount of people that they wanted there. And the headliners that year in 2016, one of my favorite years, I wore my 16 Bonnaroo shirt on Sunday, as a matter of fact, was Tame and Paula on Friday, Pearl Jam on Saturday, and The Dead and Company on Sunday. And after years of lots and lots of success, Bonroo of uh, I guess you could say, to use the old cliche, rested on their laurels, which I've still never even understood what that meant. In other words, got lazy and uh, and and just expected that middle aged men and women we're going to keep coming to this thing, or that people who were once young coming to their festival were going to continue to come. And they learned the hard way that year that that was not the case. 40 year old men and women, 35, 30 year old, however, whatever age group you want to look at, 50 and 60 year olds weren't going to spend that kind of money to sit around in the middle of a rural farm to see Pearl Jam, The Dead, and Tame Impala. They'll just go see them in, you know, Evansville, Indiana or wherever The Dead stopped next or wherever Pearl Jam's tour took them that year. And Tame Impala was a little more hip and a little bit uh, more of a one-off as I believe that was a reunion year. But it was, of course, I loved it because it was designed for me. And the next year, they shifted hard. And had headliners like The Weeknd and Lord and who else? I'm on uh, my brain damaged head's not gonna allow me to remember. But it was a uh, Rainbow Kitten Surprise was brand new at the time. It was a fun year. I had a great year in 17 as well because I learned I, I've learned so much new music that year. And they pivoted and they salvaged their festival. And they they've done that a couple of times over the last 20 years. They've been able to make the FOMO, you know, as they call it, the fear of missing out very real amongst young people, and in 2016, they did not do that, and were in very much in danger of losing what had once been so um, uh, just valuable, was that young persons can't miss attitude and, and uh, drive and motivation. And that was all also with bringing in the EDM axe and changing one of the tent stages into a massive EDM stage that basically goes 24 hours a day and is just electronic music all night long. And an old guy like me looks at that and thinks, boy, this sure sucks. This is awful. And all the kids love it. So that's just how Bonnaroo's done it. Now, Moon River is a far more uh, older crowd, but it is both young and old, and it's a lot out of town. I, I was surprised at how many people I read about still every year for five years in now that travel to this festival, and it is a, it is very expensive. I mean, it's going on 300 bucks for only two days, and really on paper, not music acts that really just jump off the page as these must-sees. And so how long can Moon River continue to do that? Uh, How long can Riverbend continue as we talk about just local stuff here? But then also things like NFL football. Can it continue to just get bigger and bigger and bigger every year? Um, Other major events and how much everything costs. This is just a small piece from um, Times Free Press over the weekend. People huddled under the Walnut Street Bridge or took shelter on the backside of businesses along Fraser Avenue. This was with the evacuation on Saturday. Some headed to get food or drinks to wait out the storm, and a long line formed at a tent selling beer outside of the Brujas, where the vendors bragged of $6 beers as opposed to $11 or $12 cans Sold inside the festival My day job has been the beer sponsor of Moon River for all five years I remember when we first got it in 18 We were very excited And a can of beer in 18 was 6 or 7 bucks Very, very uh, reasonable Still, to many, that seemed like a lot But generally, that is pretty reasonable And in five years, it's doubled. It's doubled. A nineteen point two ounce can of white claw at Moon River this past weekend was fifteen dollars. Now, white claw is the king of seltzers, but really they have peaked of brand popularity. And many of these liquor based seltzers are really beginning to take a major portion of market share. And have been for some time. Like, think High Noons. Those kinds of brands. So while still a very popular brand, it, and it's still the king, it, it, it has peaked. And it's on its way down. And what it is, is a can of carbonated water with a little bit of flavor and some alcohol in it for 15 bucks. Now, I get it. You don't have to drink at a festival. Of course, you don't. And many people go to festivals, hell, I just did and don't drink, not that many, but some do. A mixed drink, a really poorly poured mixed drink that I know from last year, is 17 and 18 dollars. How long can this madness continue? and people continue to pay it. I without giving I meant to print off the invoice and I forgot. I probably shouldn't have shouldn't do that anyway. But without giving it away exactly about half of everything we sent of all the beer, all the packaged beer. It's not the liquor mixed drinks, but the primary primarily the vending alcohol was was beer from my company. We sent half of it back. They sent half of it back. Now, you never expect to sell all of it. And if you do, you throw a goddamn party. all right? So you know you're not going to sell all of it. But you sure as hell want to sell more than half of it. And looking at, that, at those numbers over the last five years, and yeah, sure, people are still having some beers. But instead of standing in line and grabbing two before their favorite band's about to play... They're not doing that anymore. And, and, I mean, the brass at my work is furious with the sales. Not furious with Moon River. Just, just mad, you know? I mean, this is corporate America. You don't meet projections, and people are mad. Um, Budweiser is the beer sponsor for Riverbend. And I have all the reason to believe, as their deal is up, after this year, that they are not running and excited about being the beer sponsor, not at the, at the rates and at the numbers they were using over the last two years. And the Moon River deal for us, for Miller Coors, has been a year-to-year. Every year, it's a one-year deal. I don't know why that hasn't ever been a multi-year thing. The Riverbend deal has, has been a multi-year thing. But so it's, it's up again. And so both local festivals' beer sponsorships are up in the air with both the distributors furious with how little they're selling. We don't set the beer prices. The distributors don't set the prices. And in the state of Tennessee, and every state's got their own whack-ass alcohol laws. They're, They're different virtually in all 50 states. But in the state of Tennessee, a case of beer... Costs the same no matter who you are. Whether you're a grocery store or a convenience store or a music festival or a baseball stadium or a hotel, no matter who you are, the case of beer costs X amount of dollars. Whether you buy 50 of them or 500 of them, it's the exact same amount. Some states, based on uh, quantity, there's price breaks and lots of different wheeling and dealing that way. Not in the state of Tennessee. So a $25 case of beer that they're selling for $12 a can. I mean, Jesus Christ, it just I'm not going to pull out a calculator and start doing the math. I'll just, your, your imagination can just start to barely start to do that math and your jaw drops. $25 cases of beer, 12 bucks each one of those cans. I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? And just in case you didn't know, there's 24 cans in the case. It's madness. Absolute madness. After all this going on with uh, Taylor Swift and all the tickets, I'm not even talking about the cost of admission. All right? I'm not even mad about a, a festival costing a lot of money. This is... Um, Summer music festivals can be expensive, but they can also be a bargain. This is an industry piece here trying to convince you that the prices are not too high. Instead of attending separate concerts by various musicians, festivals present a consolidated experience that grants attendees a chance to see many artists in one place at one time. Attendees can bounce from one stage to another all day, all weekend, or they might want to stand still and enjoy whichever singer or band comes on next. Either way, if they have... If they have the time, they can add their expanding list of musical stars they've seen live, all by purchasing just one ticket. Yeah, well, the only problem is, in most festival settings, you aren't actually able to see all those bands that you want to see. Also, most of these festival sets are 45 minutes to an hour for most of these bands. And if a band is doing it right, they're not playing the kind of set that they would play if you went and saw them at the United Center in Chicago. Or at the Tabernacle in Atlanta. So it's not the exact same thing. They're not wrong to say that it can be a bargain if done well. But I'm not even mad about the ticket prices. That's fine. Charge whatever you need to do for that. The Taylor Swift thing is still a mess. That's still That went all the way to Congress. I still say don't blame Ticketmaster and Live Nation. Blame Taylor Swift as much as you blame anybody for that. But how long can this continue to be like this before these industries really start to feel it and have to change the way they do business? The new stadium in Nashville. I'll spend a minute or two on this as I wrap up the show today. For the Tennessee Titans. I'm a Tennessee Titans season ticket holder. I said I was going to talk about this. Eventually, might as well do it now. It's going to cost $1.1 billion in interest in the span of a week, the Titans' team value increased $900 million while finalizing of the bond documents show that taxpayers will be on the hook for $1.1 billion. With an NFL loan and seat licenses that they're going to be charging me and you and others who have already paid for these permanent seat licenses or private seat licenses, the, t- the, the, the family that the, the, the people who own the team are out about $200 million on this. The stadium deal is at least partially factored into Forbes estimating the Titans' team value at $4.4 billion. Since 2019, the team's value has doubled. It was $2.5 billion just four years ago. You mean to tell me a team that hasn't won shit and charges some of the highest concession prices in the country, has a terrible product, a terrible stadium, and really overall bad customer service, has doubled in value since 2019? Not real. You want talk, to talk at the beginning about human constructs and things that aren't real? That's not real. That's made up. That is... Economics that makes Zero sense It can't be taught in a school A financial advisor can't Spell it out so we can all understand A crappy football team Goes from 2 billion To 4 billion in value In 4 years In three and a half years They priced me out $64 is how much I spent to go to a Titans game 15 years ago Now it's $150 each and it's now going to be, who knows more, after to 200 each now. I'm done. Dunzo. Out. Later. Late. I'm gone, Titans. So, when it comes around next year and everybody gets excited and they start sweetening the pot on contracts, you know, these amnesiacs, these Alzheimer patients that run these – Companies here locally will Then start signing up for contracts And bringing out their $20 beers And their $25 drinks And you know they'll give it a try again How long Can this continue When I went to SummerSlam last year Yep there's enough stupid stuff for all of us As I mentioned before At the Titan Stadium $41 For a really crappy double gin and tonic Thank god I don't drink anymore 41 one dollars. I spent $82 on 20 ounces of tonic water and shitty gin. So this isn't just about alcohol. This is all the other concession prices. This is the merch. This is the ticket to get in the door. How long until there are no more dollars? I don't, it's just a few more dollars. It's only 20 more dollars. I don't have any more dollars. When does that happen? Because it's now happened to me. People are mad at me. I got people who I've now been for a decade and a half spend my fall in Nashville going to games and going to tailgate parties and seeing my friends and seeing these people I only see once a year. And they're like, how could you be giving up on this? I'm like, dude, it's not me. Look around. I can't be a part of this madness. I can't fund this. And when does that happen to the young person? When do the young people start not having it? When does it dry up? And that's all I got. Boy, that one went quick. I, it, Donald's going to struggle to even get through the final second. It's just, it's, it's, it sucks because it's my favorite thing to do: live sports, live events, live festivals, live concerts. It's so much fun, and that's what they're banking on, and that's why they're going ludicrous with pricing because they just think it's just always going to continue to work until someday maybe it doesn't at the latest on the lookouts new stadium i'll say that uh i think i made my main points i don't know i'm exhausted i need some sleep um thank you so much for finding the show i love you and uh, i appreciate it a lot see you later take
0: me to church